Hey, this is Kat Perkins, and you're listening to the Ken Valdez Approach on Rock Rage Radio. Welcome, welcome to the Ken Valdez Approach. Hey, welcome on in. It's your boy KB coming at you from my Soul Renegade Sound Studios, right here in the frozen area of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm welcoming you to the Ken Valdez Approach. You know, one of the coolest things about doing a show like this is having the opportunity to meet, to get to know, to talk with people who you just connect with, you just click with, you vibe with, right? You feel like you strike up an an instantaneous friendship, you know, or it feels like you might have known this person your entire life. That was definitely the case with this week's guest. Now, I've, I've had friends of mine who know us both who have said, you guys need to connect because y'all would just hit it off. They were exactly right, man. Yeah, I made a new friend. His name is Trev Lukather. Does that last name ring a bell? Yeah, it should. Steve Lukather, guitar god from Toto. He played on Thriller, man. <laughs> and every other record that's probably out there in existence. Yeah, it's Steve Lukather's son. Now, Trev is his own man, doing his own thing, making his own sounds. In fact, he has a brand new single that is released today. Now, when we did this interview, he was just about to get married. So this is right before his marriage, and his marriage had made headlines. He married Madison Kane daughter of Journey's Jonathan Kane. Talk about a rock and roll power couple right there, man. Yeah, unbelievable. We talk about everything here, there, and everywhere, and check out his brand new single. Here's my conversation with my friend Trev Lukather here on The Approach. Hey, hey, here I am with Trev Lukather. Does that last name sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> right? I'm sure you get that all the time, but I mean, it's it's it's... It's a blessing. It's a curse. What is it? Tell me about it. I think it's a blessing, man. You know, I, I'm, I kind of went through a time period of my life where it was a lot, it was heavy, man. I let it be heavy. Um, and then I had this like spiritual awakening when I was 29 and I realized that, man, we're all small, man. We're all like on this floating speck in the universe and we're all the little specks on the floating speck. And for us to put <laughs> any kind of pressure on ourselves is ridiculous. You know, we're all here figuring it all out, man, you know? And uh, when I felt that sense of small, but in the most liberating way, all of those kind of, you know, thoughts and the pressures lifted. And then I realized that I started playing better and just being more me and, you know, man. So I, I look at it as it's only a curse to people that are small-minded enough, I'm sorry, to just box someone in and be like, oh, you come from this person, you better be exactly that. But then if I was to be exactly that, they would hate me because I'm, I'm just the clone. Right. Right. There is no, there's no, I don't know. There's it's, it's either way you're going to get shit, man. You know, (laughs) I think that it's absolutely a blessing. I've been, you know, inspired since I can even my first memory, you know? So, God, that's awesome to I'm hear. About, I'm all about the Luke at there, bro. I, I wear the name proud. <laughs> Good, as you should, man. As you should. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of lofty to to live up to, but you're your own man. 
Although yeah. you came from from the loins of a god, right? Like you know, just rock <laughs> god. <laughs> and I mean, you know, and then you got you got the Curry side of you. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't suck either, man. You know, it that's man. that's just. I mean, that's music. That's 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 rock and roll. And and so you have this this legacy that precedes you. And the coolest thing is that you are taking that legacy and carrying on. I mean, look at me, man. I'm a full mash of, of curves. <laughs> it's, it's kind of frightening. <laughs> just a touch, right? It's just, like, just a touch. It's like, know, oh. It's so my dad, and then you could clearly see the mom in me, too, you know? So. Yes, yes. Yeah, your dad, your mom, bam. It's like spitting oh. image of, of both of them. And it's like, it's like oh, whoa. They test needed, man. You know, we were... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So my personality too, like, because I just, I just uh, mixed. We're in a mixing section. I didn't mix it, but I produced a song on my dad's upcoming solo album. Oh wow! Right on. I co-wrote and produced it, and we were in the mixing session with Ben Freeman, who does the live uh, sound for Toto, and you know, just the jokes that were like, Dad and I were there, and like the jokes I was saying to Ken, like. You know, uh, not you, Ken, but you know the Ken Freeman. The other, the other uh, Ken. The other the Ken. Other, uh, yes. <laughs> and the it was just Dad says, "Hey, man," you know. He just looked at Kay. He's like, you know, I get at least I know when I die, the humor is going to stick around. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny. A lot of people uh, definitely when they hang with me that know Dad, it's it's the personality. I don't know because I was always just I was the leg hugger in the studio, man. I was. I was hanging out with Pop, just watching him do his thing for his, and taking it in as much as I possibly could. Because I got the music bug, man, when I was really little. I mean, since I can remember, when I was four years old. So I think my first memory is like involving drums. God, man. Well, let's let's talk about that for sure. But before that, I mean, I, I remember reading uh, your dad's book. Mm -hmm. And he, obviously, he speaks very highly of you, you know, <laughs> but he calls you his best friend. Yeah. yeah. And that's such a cool thing. That's such a cool thing, you know, to have that father and son relationship, being a father, right? I, I, I get it. But, I mean, the fact that you guys have a bond of a, a, a friendship, of a solid friendship, not just the father-son thing, but that friendship, that's a, that's a beautiful thing, man. And I get it. Well, I see it. You know, and, and the fact that, I guess when you become an adult and stuff, the, the relationship does shift, you know, because we were always so tight. But then when you get to a certain age, you know, there's no real need for like, I don't know. I mean, you always need your, you know, your dad, you know, your dad, right. but mutual, I don't know. It's just, it's more of a, we just have this friendship bond too. It's, it's very, it's funny because I call him bro. Hey bro, what's up? You know, <laughs> like, right. you know, he'll say that to me like, what's up bro? You know? So, um, yeah, man, you know, but of course when I was a kid growing up, man, he was a bit, you know, as much as he was on the road. I always knew that was what he had to do. And I always, obviously, as a young musician, respected it. So, but when he was home, he was very hands-on, very there, very supportive. You know, and still, to this, still to this day, extremely supportive. So growing up, right, I mean, he's out on the road. And when he's not there, right, and I mean, I'm talking like earliest memories. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that it was, uh, it was the norm. Yeah. Okay. But with that said... You also got this bug. How did you come to the understanding, aside from it being the norm, right? Of like this is this is what my dad does, and you know how did you how did how did you attain the the music bug as you put it? 
you know, as well as growing up in a house like that or, or knowing that, that your father's going to be gone, you know, for months at a time, right? How, how, did, how did that all work out in your house? You know, man, from where, where it started was I got a drum kit for my birthday, I think, when I was four. I got a drum kit from Jeff Beccaro as a gift. Oh, man. And, and uh, I obviously was hooked. I mean, immediately hooked. And I don't know, man, it came naturally to me. I was able to really ha play in time and have a pocket and able to play to a click at four. And, you know, and like, <laughs> oh, my and, God, of course, of course. Right. It was really cool because it was like pop would come you know, to the room because in the beginning, I don't even know. You know, it's so funny when you look back at like, what was pop thinking, man? Like having a drum kit in the house, like just so I could just bang on it, like. I'm sure my man had like, you know, some hangovers, you know, and it's like, what do <laughs> I got my kid playing in the room like drums. But um, it was really cool because he would come in and have a their little amp in my room and he would just jam with me. And so we'd have this moment of being able to jam. So when I was young, man, I just I, I don't know, like I, I was I was given a gift of, you know, obviously, like I said, drums and I just took to it, man. And I felt it was such a cool way to just have that moment and jam with my pop and and you know then i'd show up to like as a kid i'd show up to his baked potato shows and stuff and right on and then he would just be like you want to come up and jam a song you know and then i'd come up and play people would be like whoa you know because i'd play like you know even if it's like four on the floor or whatever it was like at least there was there was a groove and time to it so wow. that was little um so yeah man so obviously at that young of an age then dad's going out or he's in the studio or dad's going on tour. You know, of course we, Tina and I, my older sister, I mean, I remember some memories of us just like, you know, crying our eyes out when he's leaving, you know, cause he's gone for and like, we're like screaming for him not to go. And dad's like, you know, my dad's an emotional dude. And he was, he was, you know, he would cry and, and, and it was an emotional thing, you know, just to, cause we, we all, it was a very loving, obviously a very loving vibe. So, you know, that was the tough part because we loved dad so much that he had to go. But there, another part of me is, you know, I get it, you know, and mom, obviously mom was there and, uh, and Miriam, who's been a part of our family for so long, like all of us, like he's my second mom. Like I was surrounded by love, man, when he wasn't around, but when he was there, he was there and he was on top of it. You know, I love that. I love that. So growing up, what are you listening to? What's dad bringing home or telling you, hey man, check this out, listen to this. And and yeah, what did you start listening to? What did you start getting into? You know, was it because of, of, of your pop or was it because, you know, you're just out there kind of seeking your own thing? What was it? Full credit to mom, man. Like dad wasn't- Wow, nice. Dad, dad wasn't really like, when, when, I guess, you know, when you do it, you go on tour, you go in the studio and you're playing music for hours or playing on other people's records, or whatever. It's like, you're not coming home saying, oh, I got to jam this record now. I can't wait. You know, I think he was a little like toast on a lot of things. You sure. know? Um, so mom was, was the tastemaker for me, you know, and she would play, uh, fuck like Duran Duran, Ordinary World. I remember listening to all the time, uh, that album, I forgot what that, what the record was called, but like Pink Floyd, uh, you know, Journey, um, like a lot of the the music that I really, really, really connected with and w was inspired by Peter Gabriel and stuff was all was all brought to me from my mom. And that's why I still I really listen to my mom's opinion, man. Like when I, <laughs> I 
it's like I go to her because she's a she's just like a no fucks given. Like I will tell you where it's at, you know. So if mom nice. to me, I'm like okay because she's a listener. I mean, you know, she she did that album with Sheree, you know, but she didn't really want to be uh, a pop star or whatever. So you know, she is just a great music listener. And when she was married to dad, she was very with him and uh you know if she likes something or not and when mom likes something it tend to always i guess work out and be like a hit song for, for pop you know so oh uh, wow so you know i always go to mom and say what do you think you know i mean dad dad's a you know he's a tough critic too but he's you know at this point he's really digging what i'm what i'm doing and he's really you know uh he's become you know we're each other's biggest fan and and same thing with mom. Mom's like a huge support. But like I, I remember all player stuff. She's like, yeah. But like this record, my 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 solo record that I'm gonna drop next year, it's like that's like every time I get in her car, she's she has it blasting. So I was like, okay, this is a good sign, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's that, that motherly pride, but when it comes down to the to the brutal honesty, that's yeah. a good that's a good thing. That's yeah. a real good thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. So tell me about this, too. So you started on drums, but you're playing guitar. And you're yeah. playing guitar like a son of a gun, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did you? Uh, how did that progression happen? So, you know, when Toto reunited with Bobby Campbell, like in 2000, then, um, or 99, 2000, I went to a show because, you know, Pop didn't tour much in the United States. Right. So I didn't get a chance to really see, like, the 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 big toto situation until i don't know until that actual that tour of that album but they did one show in la and first fucking tune man dad goes up and he just rips a solo and everyone's reaching out for him and at that moment i was like i want to be that guy man because <laughs> i was playing drums i would hear like melodies in my head and like riff these melodies and these riffs but i i couldn't obviously you know do anything about it so I, I feel like I was gradually leaving the drums, even though I feel drums are the best thing for people to learn no matter what, because as a, as any musician, the most important thing as you know, Ken, is time, timing, groove, pocket, you know? Yes. So if you get with the drums and you have like a familiarity with it, I feel you'll adapt to, to other instruments so much better. Um, wow. I'm grateful for that, for that time that I had. But when I saw Pop Shred, man, I was like, I want to be that guy. And it was funny because I actually just like did a little like TikTok story time thing of talking about how I learned how to play guitar. And it was, you know, everyone thinks because I always get these comments when I post a video or something like, oh, you're the best teacher, man. Like, right. Get the right. coolest teacher. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, the, what, what, what Dad's lesson was to me is after I approached the gig, I was 12, 13, you know, and I was like, Pop man, I want to play guitar. I want to be just like you. And he's like, "Oh, that's cute, man." I said, like, "No, man, I want to be just like you." And he's like, "I said, teach me, man, teach me." And he, you know, brought me to the drum room and he tuned my low E to D and had me put my index finger and barred and sound like a power chord. He's like, "Have fun." We left the room. That was it. That was my <laughs> life. Nothing else. And listen, obviously, like. And, and like me and like a lot of guitar players or most guitar players is that we watch. That's what we do. We watch other players. We see how they're fingering. I remember like learning a power chord by watching a guitar video. I think it was like, I forgot what it was. I was watching YouTube or something and I saw sure. a power chord and I was like, okay, that's what it is. And then, and then that's how I, you know, so I, but I naturally started picking up on stuff and, 
and funny enough is I, I don't play in standard. I always play with my low E to, to D because that's how I learned how to play. So then I started like coming up with wow. I started coming up with all these voicings and stuff and and that's why Pop didn't really get me with like a, a teacher. He he kinda saw me catching on. He's like, Man, you're kinda developing your own thing and I don't I don't know if I wanna you know, fuck with that. You know, the only thing that I wish I, I knew more, and I know this might shock a lot of people, but I'm not a technical like I'm not a technical guy. I'm not very um you know, the theory and stuff like that. I'm sure I'm such an ear player that like, I know where my, my fingers go where they need to go. And I, and I, and I hear it in my head and I I have a good intuition. So I'm able to get there, but I'm not, I'm not really the guy that's going to be like, all right, so we're in the key of like, you know, whatever it's like, uh, and then the jam thing, you know, I'm not Mr. Um, Improviser, man. I like to, I like to really think out solos. I'd like to, you know, for the most part it is improvising though, but I like to really hone in and make sure that every thing that I do is, is thought out, you know? That's great, man. And I mean, that's, that's definitely from almost a, a producer perspective. And I know that you produced as well. Yeah. And you, you produced uh, your new, your new record. And, and, and like, you know. like I do, man, like how you're saying how the pandemic all of a sudden brought this to you, like this, the, you know, syndicated show, just congratulations on that, man. And like, that's kind of what happened with me with the pandemic is, you know, with, with, we had a record, my old band had a record deal. And then, uh, you know, then, but you're sitting around and you're nothing that you can't tour. And I was a touring musician as well. So it's like, what do I do? And I got kind of brought into this production world and I, it just took over, man. So like, that's been like what I've been doing to like, put food on the table for, you know, it's just like is production. And that's so weird, but we, we, yeah, we got to do, we got to do what we got to do. But the nice thing about it as well is with, with that ear, with that, um, uh, with, with that passion that you have, with the understanding of, of drums, with the understanding of, of hearing things like, you know, these melodies with, you know, all of this that you have, tell me what is, the Trev Lukather sound, man. You know that it, this tune. This is why we're releasing this song first, is because this was the first song that I wrote and produced for the record. Like just like saying, you know what? After the band, uh, you know, all the the, the the disbanding of the old situation, and, and that was really hard to take. And you know, you know, we had a record deal. We had huge agents. We had it all going, and for it all to just implode before the the debut album even comes out, right. In three years of working and, and, and touring and, and, you know, just in the grind of it all, like for us not to really be able to see it really do any, like we didn't even get a chance to really do anything with it. We were super proud of the record, but the vibe between the band was just not good. And like, you know, the emotions were flying pretty high at this point, like when I recorded this song, because it was fresh from the, the, the band sitch. And, um, you know, I, and I just... Always, I, like I said, like one of my biggest musical influences as an artist is Peter Gabriel. So, like the So album is like to me one of the greatest albums of all time. And what's so cool about it is it's very all over the map. Like there's some songs that are like you know you got you got like the ballads like In Your Eyes, which is like by the way going to be the song that I danced to Maddie and I's first dance. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you have like those, but then you have like big time. You have Sledgehammer, and you have like these like horn sections with groove, and it's like you know, cool, fun lyrics, kind of tongue in cheek lyrics, you know, and it's unique. It, like he, he also brought in people and musicians that he knew were going to kind of, 
not make it so typical pop record. Like even though you right. think your eyes can be such a, a pop piano song, but like his choice of, you know, and I wish I remembered the drummer's name, but he, he brought a complete different groove of what you, what he would have imagined. And you get like Tony Levin or you get like all these people that like all of a sudden it's like, it's becoming this like really unique thing, but he just, he just cared about the, he cared about the record. He cared about the, the art of it all. So that, me when i went in i said well first of all i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna make sure i make a record with people that i fucking love yes man yes that the vibe's good because if the vibe's good and the love is in the room and everyone's kind of feeding off of each other no matter what it's gonna be great like even if it's just for 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 me or just for the people that are involved in it it's gonna be great because we're having a blast doing it and that's why like this this round of, of like what I, for this song is I have Steve Majora, who's, you know, now in Toto uh, keyboards and he, and he does, you know, he did all the, he did the Steve choirs, he calls in the background vocals. <laughs> Sweet. And I, and I, you know, brought my buddy Christian Attard. He played, he played in heart bass and he also played, he's in Sugar Ray now. And then my buddy Jay Caden on drums, who I've been playing music with for 14, 15 years. He's out with Dorothy and, um, and he played with Beth Ditto and Missing Persons. Wow. So like I had these group of people and this is just the first song of just people that man the vibes great I love them they're my dear brothers and and it was just fun and then I brought my my cousin Jake uh he engineered and he did background vocals as well he's an insane talent he did he did the uh lyric video for it he did all the music videos for my old band Lavara like and he's an incredible artist uh singer writer himself um so I was just surrounded by love man so it's like all right I had all this angst in me, like like the lyrics and like the whole thing. It's a very angst. I call it like the self love angst down. Uh, <laughs> I dig it <laughs> because like it's like it's more of you know I'm not the problem, but like you, I guess you you know it's kind of like you know I was just kind of going through this of kind of like why am I getting attacked? But you know I guess it's just envy, jealousy, whatever it is. You don't understand, but like make tongue in cheek lyrics about it, you know? And that's kind of like, it was my therapy, man. This song was straight therapy for me. And, and I think that when there was no actual, like at the time direction, like I, I was kind of like, where are we going to take this? Um, like I said, I, I wanted to channel some Peter Gabriel vibes and, and Steve says, Hey man, I got this horn section in New Orleans. They're called 504 horns. Why don't we, you know, you should probably put, cause I had like synth horns that I kind of made. And he's like, get the real deal on there, man. And yeah, I, man. And, and I was like, man, I've never had a real horn section on a track before. And, um, called them up and they absolutely killed it. And then yeah. morphing. And then when Steve started putting the synths on there and building up, kind of have like a little Michael Jackson synths, like in the, like with the right. Yes. Up. And then like, he's doing the changes and like, it's very like thriller esque, you know, at moments, but like, I don't know, but I want to channel like Prince. I want to channel like all these kind of, you know, fun things, man. That, that, that like, cause I love like funk rock music. I love like the Prince when you see like horn section, people like you're rocking out, but like, yeah. it's, but it's funky and you're just like, your head's just like, you know. Absolutely, man. So, Absolutely. Not that man. So that all happened. And when the song was done, I was like, well, this is, this is the sound, man. Like this is like, what I got to run with for the rest of the record. And yeah, man. So it kind of just developed by this song. So that's why, you know, talking to my team, um, 
that are releasing it, releasing the song with me is that we felt that this, this was the perfect first song introduction because it was the first song introduction to actually the whole record anyway, you know? God, man. And that's, it's so funny that you bring up Peter Gabriel just because, you know, I hear it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And But again, you have all these influences. There's, you know, what I was telling you before was, you know, it's, there's, it's very broad. Yeah. Right. It's very, very broad. The, the familiarity, you know, where those influences lie. And so hearing this description, hearing that, you know, Peter Gabriel was a huge influence on this, on this whole thing and hearing the, the Michael Jackson, you know, kind of synth kind of stuff. And, you know, of course the funky, you know, Prince stuff, you know, everybody on this show knows, man, that I'm here in Minneapolis and, and yeah. Prince is, uh, yeah. If you, if you saw my, if you saw around my studio right now, it's, it, it he's, he's around, he's yeah. around for sure. And, uh, you know, but I, I get it. And I guess when I, when I hear, you know, the, uh, the angst, and I think that was a great word. I was saying earlier that it was like the sludge or the grunge or whatever. It wasn't, it's not, it's, it's not that it's angst. Yeah. It's angst. And so you have the spirit of that kind of music right there. So that comes through. There's so much to just grab onto and just enough musical ear candy, man, that, uh, that just makes this so much fun. So now that we're talking about this, I'm just going to go ahead and play this thing, man. So everybody, this would be awesome. All right, man, you wish. Trev Lugather.
dude, that was slamming. That was slamming. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking just a little bit ago. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I've had this for a little while. And I listen to it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to it a lot. And it's it's great, man. It's so cool. It's so cool. And, uh, yeah, dude, I think that you are doing something excellent right now and and, uh, very good and uh, yeah all those influences that you were just talking about they're all right there in that song for sure you hear where you're coming from man I mean man I love I just there's something about I mean I know we were talking this but just like the records that really connect to me or you see something live and I also want people to imagine what it's kind of going to be like live you know we we want that that excitement to want to see it in person too you know and i feel like as crazy as i am as a live player of of just like i like to run around the stage like a maniac and and connect with everybody and i feel like i mean obviously listen i'm gonna i'm gonna warn i'm gonna warn some people when i do go out and play there's gonna be tracks man i know there's people that like are anti-tracks but there's so much going on a lot of ear candy stuff that we put in that you know unless i have an 18 piece band uh it's really right Right. I want to have a live version. And I toured with a guy named What's Though Not, a producer DJ. It was just me on guitar, him on electronic drums, and he's a DJ. Literally, we did Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo. I'm telling you, the fucking kids went nuts, man. And I was like, whoa. It was growing up the way I did. It's like everyone, you know, you have the, you know, bunch of background singers. You have, you know, you will bring out a horn section or something. It's like, man. And in the world of today, too, man, how expensive it is to, to play a gig or to, to tour. To tour. Yeah. It's so hard and, you know, I, just I'm going to do what I can. But I, I definitely wanted, you know, when you hear that, music, I, it's like, because when I've seen these like certain bands, you got like Tower of Power, you got like these like, or, you know, or we we're talking about Prince, like, you're in the land of Prince, you live in, in the land of Prince. Yeah, I do. Michael Jackson, like you have these like, you know, people just, you hear these songs on the record, you just, you just want to dance or you, but also just makes it, it brings out that like, it's something know. primal, man. It's something, it's something. Yes. I that yeah. I love fucking primal, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's like, I love, I love, you know, you, that you say what you're saying and, and that you're connecting to it. Cause like I said, when, you know, they were listening to the song to you is you're one of the very first people to listen to it. And Thank now, you. People are able to listen to it, but this is obviously done a couple weeks prior. Right. But man, yeah, yeah, it's, there's something very primal about just driving funk, right? Whether it be just stuff that's four on the floor, or you listen to like an old James Brown record, or you're checking out Tower of Power. There's something so powerful in that music, rhythmically, right? It some people might might not get off on 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 the horns or 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 whatever else you know they're throwing it might not be their cup of tea it might not you know yeah we never know we never know i'm not i'm probably you know hated by many and you know and, and that's that's fine i might not be somebody's cup of tea tower power might not be somebody's cup of tea but man if you just sit there for a minute and I urge all of you guys that are that are listening to this that that may or may not know Tower of Power or old school James Brown type stuff, Gap Band, any of those guys, right? Like, just sit there for a minute and just listen to it on a scale of of, of just just remove the lyrics for just even a sec yeah. and just 
listen to what these guys are doing rhythmically and what they're doing, you know, in the background to, to present these singers or in Tower of Power's cases, like present those horns and how that all works in conjunction. There is something so primal. It oh. just taps into something, you know, internal that it's, it's indescribable. I, that's why I love that kind of music so much. So I relate wholeheartedly with what you're saying. Yeah, man. I mean, I wanted to tap into that primal vibe myself. You know, it's like they, to be able to listen to real horns and see everything kind of develop. You start, you kind of looking around, man. Okay, wait, what the fuck is this? In the best way, you know. It's like I guess we're on. I guess then you get to have a little bit of that vibe that you feel listening to other people's records on your own record too. It's it's a really cool experience to have uh, to, to get real horns. I mean, horns were out of the game for a long time, man. Right, right. And I love that. You know, it's kind of, you know, what kind of came back was like Uptown Funk, you know, and like that song came out all of a sudden, you right. know, you're, you're hearing a horn section on uh, on a pop record, but it it worked so well and it made you like, you know, appreciate that what they were going for is channeling all those old, old school records. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, it was so funny because, you know, here I am in Minneapolis and when that song came out, it's just like sounds like Moore's Day in the Time. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we're just there going, what's this? This is awesome. And sure enough, like... Bringing that dance, the Moore's Day in the Time thing, man. Like, the whole just, like, you know, the dance with his friends, you know? Like, how right. Morris sidekick and they do the dance together. It's like... Jerome, you know, yeah. Such a vibe. And seeing that kind of come back in full swing, I was, I was all about it. Yeah, same here. Same here. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was brought in such a way that uh, I, I like the fact that it was just introduced to a whole new generation. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. And, and at the time, too, I mean, you know, we lost Prince a few years back. Well, you know, yeah, his legacy will carry on forever. But when somebody like Bruno does, does something like that, there's a whole new fan base there's a whole new group there's a whole you know and then there you are as well you're right smack dab in the middle of it man in a completely <laughs> different manner mind you yeah but it's there it's well, it's absolutely there the main goal too at the same time is i'm always i've always been a pop tart man i've always been about hooks i've always been about you know catchy stuff that's what i like to do so you know, able to incorporate and like my favorite bands, like my pops band and like, you know, like Journey or like all these bands from, you know, the 70s and 80s, man, that were able to make great pop music with like great musicianship and with like guitar solos and, you know, a lot of vocals and harmony and you know all that stuff that, you know, it's still selling out stadiums now, man. I mean, right? like for arenas and stadiums, these bands are still doing it. And the audiences are getting younger and younger because a lot of kids are diving in to old school records, man, and, and, and hearing those old songs, you know? And so there's, there's so much room for musicianship and, you know, real playing mixed with pop records. It's, it's like the proof is in the pudding, man. Right. Know? Right. And, and it's like, you know, I'm not doing a baked potato. It's not a baked potato. It's not a jam record, but it, there is jamming in it. It's like, absolutely there's there, and there's so much room for it too, right? Yeah. Like I'm all it is, as much ear candy as possible. Let if someone puts on headphones and listens to something. Like hear all the detail. Like you're not going to hear all the detail in one listen. You're have to listen to it like four or five times to really say, "Oh shit, what's that?" Or what's yes. that? I could hear like this 
weird key part or this weird guitar part or this weird vocal harmony and you know or like little uh, ad lib things like it's an experience you want the music listener to have that experience again man yes 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 preach <laughs> preach <laughs> well, it's so interesting that you say that, too, just because we had Stevie Salas on here recently. And Stevie, you know, has played with everybody, right? There's absolutely everybody from, you know, Mick Jagger to Rod Stewart to, you know, Terrence Trent Darby to, I mean, like the list goes on and on and on. Oh, he's, like your, he's like your pop, man, right? He's, he's one of those guys. Yeah. But he said something that, that has kind of stuck with me because I, I had asked him, about you know the whole i guess the industry now compared to what it used to be yeah. right and i mean he gave he gave his he he held nothing back it was great it was great the thing about it was the fact that he had said it's really interesting to see that a lot of the, the newer generation of people the new the kids if you will yeah, there's some stuff that they're listening to that that's that's new and current or whatever. But the majority of the listenership, even at that young age, are going back. They're listening to the stuff that's classic, to that kind of stuff, and they're getting their 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 vibe, their their musical taste from there, right? Not even the stuff that that's necessarily current. So that really does. You know, it just kind of, you know, goes in concert with what you were saying. You know, I saw an article man, or, or maybe it was a video. I'm not sure. But it was a guy talking about the problem with the music industry. Well, there's a lot of problems. But but, oh, yeah. the, but the the main one when it comes to artists, is there's no developing artists anymore. In the, in the that industry. was another of his points, man. That was and, another of his points. You know, these, these you look at all the names of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It took most of them two albums three albums, four albums to really hit that stride commercially. And then all of a sudden create those songs that were so timeless or are so timeless. Um, they don't do that anymore. A&R and is dead. A&R is dead. The A&R thing is dead. And that that's the sad thing. And so that's why we're lacking these like superstar people in our industry or these like timeless, like, you know, you got the cold plays, you got the Imagine Dragons, you got like, you know, Lady Gaga, you got Bruno Mars, you got these people, but like, you know, they were kind of, they were all kind of an older era of bands that like came out when it still was possible to sell a bunch of records. And, and, you know, there was still maybe a little bit of a and r and a new artist coming out. That's like dominating that, like, Oh my gosh, that's, you know, writing their own stuff. And, and knows it's, it's, I don't, and I listen, I mean, being a producer, as well, it's like I listen to all the playlists, man. I listen to everything coming out weekly playlists, all the top alternative and rock playlists I listen to every week because I want to hear everything sonically. I want to hear the songs that are coming out, what what kind of vibe. And it's like, wow, like there's some, you know, it's crazy that you have to really, like when you could find like three or four killer tracks in a, in a play, uh, main playlist out of like, 50 60 songs three of them are hitting me and i'm like right. fuck man but then they're also like random bands it's like like one band is like you know independent they're just getting their on their first play like wow it's a really cool band like for instance tiktok it's all about tiktok to major label artists right now you know and and they discover artists on tiktok and the problem with that is it's, 
TikTok is just a sensory overload. Like, <laughs> you go through it. I mean, you're seeing someone get ran over by a car. Next thing you know. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't mean to laugh at that, but I, I'm laughing at that. But yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, next one is Bigfoot. The next one is, you know, uh, aliens. The next one is uh, this person dying of cancer. And then the next one is a really cool singer or a great, you know, song. And you see all these likes and millions of hits. It's, you know, hitting the for you page, going viral. And I'm like, wow. And I'll discover some really cool artists. I'm like, you know, but I'm going to go look at their Spotify. So they have millions of hits, millions of likes, or like, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes, thousands of comments. Right. And I go on Spotify and they have 60,000 on a, on a song that, that, that's all over the place. I'm like, they're, it's not translating because people are too caught up with what's the next video. They could be like, this is great. I'll like it. I'll follow the person. I'll comment. But they're not going to their page to see what they're doing. Because they're too caught up. What's the next fucking brutality video that's entertaining (laughs) fuck? And and, and listen, I'm saying this out of experience because I go on TikTok and watch the aliens and the Bigfoot. (laughs) I see see people getting hit by cars. And that next video, is he going to get hit head on or is it going to be from behind? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, right. (laughs) Nothing about like, oh, I'm going to cover the next, you know, Michael Jackson here. Right, right. I, you know, but people get caught up. So, like, so there aren't any longevity arts because labels are just saying, oh, this song's, you know, huge on TikTok. So I'm going to, we're going to purchase this song and we're going to make as much money off of this song. And then on to the next, on to the next, and on to the next. And that to me is what is the downfall because if we actually made music industry like how it used to be. Yeah. Like where like the, the when you really had to play and really had to like, you know, sing in tune and play in time and all that stuff. That was like the Olympics of musicianship and songwriting. Yes, like, it was. Yes. The song that came out was great. And then you had to compete with that. And that's the reason why the music industry, like the value of it is so not that, like no one looks at music as valuable, you know? That's so sad. And, and I mean, I don't think I've heard... I don't think we we talked a little bit about this on on this show. I don't think anybody has ever used those words, and and they're hitting me really hard right now. That the value is lost. Yeah, and it's such a valuable thing, right? Because I mean, imagine where we would be without music. I mean, that's that one common denominator that everybody shares it doesn't matter who you are you like some form of music fucking ted bundy and loved music (laughs) right jeffrey loved music you know it's like that is the one thing that's like you could be a sociopathic you know lunatic you love the rolling stones Yes. No, exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of the time when we talk about this stuff, I think that we find that the attention span of, of, of listeners, obviously, it's, it's in nanoseconds at this point, right? Um, but it's also a generation of, um, oh, instant gratification. Yes. Right? So... A lot of times they're not going to go out and they're not going to they're not going to purchase the whole record. They're not going to go to a record store, which is one of the coolest things. Go to a record store and you pick up you 
you just hold that vinyl, you hold that CD, or you hold that cassette, whatever it is. It's something physical, something in your hand. You get to read the liner notes. You get to see the pictures. All of that kind of plays a part into what's actually on the recorded, you know, medium that you're using, right? The, the record or the, or the CD or whatever. It, 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 the whole thing kind of comes together in a beautiful way. The, it's, it's, it's an art form and it's gone, man. And it's gone. And that sucks all because people want to be instantly gratified. Oh, that's cool. I'm just going to go stream this now. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're not going to go to the show, man. I mean, I've seen some friends, bands of mine that like have gone millions of streams or have number one rock records on the charts, you know, that you go to their show or they're, you know, opening for another band or, or they're the main band. And that I've seen this multiple times is, is then they're playing the big song that has like 50 million streams and, they, and then they stop to sing and people don't even sing along. They don't even fucking know the tune. And right. I'm like, so what are, what's the, like, it's just, there's nothing that, you know, before if you had a top 10 single, like people know the, know the tune, will sing every word and you have loyal fans and stuff like that. Now it's like, it's so oversaturated. People are like, I don't, is, do I know the song? Maybe I've heard it. I'm not sure. Cause it's this one of 80,000 songs a day that come out. I don't know. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's oversaturated. You really got to do some deep diving just to find something that you're really into or, <laughs> you know, in, in those cases uh, of, of, you know, a lot of musicians playing live, you get those, those, uh, this chance from the crowd, play something we know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just like, come right. on, man. Come on. And that's, right? I, I, this is why I'm so proud of this record, too. Of, for me, is like, it's because like, I stopped caring about, oh, is this in the box of this or is this in the box of that? Like, you got to sound like this, you got to sound like that. There are no, the, the one cool thing, there's a few cool things about the whole uh, social media thing is like, you know, a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to get in front of a local person or get in front of the world like they're they're in the middle of fucking nowhere america or whatever you know, any country you're you're like a, in the, you're somewhere and right. and, and it's so far from of you getting a chance at this and, and and that's the cool thing about the uh, social media and the tiktok stuff is like someone in some random place singing in their bedroom or playing guitar in their bedroom all of a sudden get in front of a huge audience and that's cool that i i support that but there's got to be some kind of new thing that comes in with it. How do we, like, how do we just kind of condense? Like, we got to, like, do something where not, like, just, I don't know, man. It's really tough. I'm not sure. But my, my whole point to this is make the music you want to fucking make. Because right. if you're real with what you want to do and everything that you put out there, 100%, you, you're not saying, I got to sound like, the, you know, because this song came out and it's number one. We got to do something like that. Just do you, man, because if it's fucking cool and you got some talent and it's real, you're pouring your heart out, there's no way. Not everyone's going to like you. Most people are going to hate you. But, like, just fucking, there's going to be people that love you and they're going to be loyal to yes because they yes. can see the realness of what you're making, you know? And that's why we love the artists that we love because they didn't give a fuck about anybody else's fucking thoughts. They made the record. Every time you have a band, like, coming back from the dead or, or fucking, you know, like, well, this is the last record we have left uh, before we're dropped or, or whatever. Or all the huge records that, like, the first, if they were signed to a label back in the day, it's like the label's like, this, there's no hit on this record. It's going to it's gonna flop. It's going to be shit. Well, put it out anyway. 
and then that becomes like a legendary uh, record. Right, right. Yeah. Because believed in it enough to go tell the record company to go fuck themselves. I feel everyone should make music, you know, for themselves and believe in it. And, and you know, and like, like for me, it's like I'm releasing my record independently because labels, <laughs> the labels that, the few labels that heard my record fucking loved it. I got like, amazing feedback. But it's like, well, you know, has he released it yet? Or what are the TikTok numbers? You know, that's the number one question. That's right. Oh, God. I'm like, whatever, man. Like at this point, you know, I just, I have people that really dig what I do and I'm just going to go do me, man. And people will catch on if they want to catch on or if they don't, they don't. But I at least got to put myself out there and, and not care about all the, the static noise around me and just be like, you know, I want to, I'm just going to go out and, and play for the people that want to hear it. And that's right, man. Win them over one person at a time. And that's the one old school thing, man, is that, you know, if someone actually put in an interesting way, you as a fellow musician, you know, they said the difference with TikTok is it's basically you can do a radio promo tour from your living room. Right. So you make daily content. On the same song, like, you know, when, when, you know, I know that when I get back from the honeymoon, like, I'm going to be doing a lot of content for You Wish. And, like, every day I got to come up with a little something different to keep just pushing it. And that's, like, how the old school way of, like, going out to radio station after radio station right. and playing acoustic versions and doing that to get win one station at a time or one person at a time. You know, that's why people slum in the, do the, the, the brutal tours, you know, uh, right. the clubs that are like, you're playing for the janitor and two other people, but those two other people might buy a t-shirt, you know? Right, man. I mean, you know, that's, I, I, I see the struggle. I'm in the struggle. Yeah. You're in the struggle. We all are in the, yeah, man. We're right. All I mean, we're like, I, I, I get it. I, I see it. You know, I feel it. And, and you try to find a way to get that, that leg up. One of the coolest things, though, that I've kind of found within, I call it this, like, new music business, this, this marketplace, this, you know, whatever you want to call it. What's interesting is all of a sudden the mystique... It's still there, kind of, right? For some, for some artists, it, it, it's there. Like, I mean... But these people have had it for a while. I, I keep thinking of like Eddie Vedder. Nobody really knows much about Eddie Vedder because he wanted to stay off, you know, off the radar anyway. That's just him. But in the advent of, of social media, you get to contact essentially everybody that you dig, right? And so, but part Eddie, of them, obviously, Eddie Vedder has the luxury of being Eddie Vedder. Well, yeah, yeah, Eddie Vedder has it, but he also did it at a time when, you know, when records being something. My dad's off social media, you know. I mean. But he could still go out and do, a, you know, arena tours because you got those fan, but you got that loyal fan base, you know what I mean? Right. Artists don't have the luxury to be like, I'm not going to do that. I don't well, feel that. No well, one feels like doing it. Right. No one feels like sitting around doing content all day. They want to fucking, you want to make music. You don't want to make videos of like, and, and, and then have to play of like some kind of character. Yeah, you know? dude like get people to pay attention to you i mean it's 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 really sad. <laughs> it's sad man it is man no i i get it i get it i fully get it and i again man i just you know yeah for everybody that's out there listening seriously just just 
We ain't bitching, but we're bitching. No. And we're we're not complaining, but we're complaining. Hey, you know, but man, the only reason why we're bitching and complaining is because, you know, there was a time and a place where like, you know, that, that we came from, this old school mentality. Now we want to get hip with the times, man. You know, we can do that. But come along the journey with us. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Come along because you don't know what you might be missing. I was I was born one decade late. <laughs> man. Yeah. And you just got it's so it, you're such an interesting cat, man. The whole just all around just your upbringing and and you know, man, just this this killing record and hearing all the influences and then you're producing and then you're getting married coming up here and you know, by the time this show airs I'm a married man. You're a married man. Oh, man. And then, dude, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there because I think it's it's common knowledge that you are engaged to Jonathan Kane's daughter, Madison, who is yeah. also an incredible artist. She's yeah. a fantastic artist. She's a great singer, man. Yeah, absolutely. But you guys, so you're carrying on even there too with the whole, you know, just that remember that lineage, that whole thing. It's like there's that that musicality coming through and uh chances are like, you know, there's going to be a whole new generation of of Lucathers that yeah. uh man, I think are probably going to be turning some heads. Oh yeah. So, yeah, man. That's that that's definitely the plan, I'll tell you that, but like yeah, Maddie, you know, Maddie when we first started dating, she was just kind of like wanting to take a break for, for a while, but then, you know, on the road with me and and she's been by my side the whole time man you know and um now she finally got you know now she got into real estate crushing and real estate but now she you know she's now getting back to like i want to do you know I'm, i have the bug again to do it and she's she's starting to write her, her new stuff and it's ridiculously sick she actually just wrote with uh, matt the singer vertical horizon right? oh right on yeah. and uh the tune is so good and she's just starting to She's going to start her whole record coming up soon. You know, I mean, I'm going to be involved a little bit. You know, what's cool is like, I kind of like, I like the whole, uh, honey, how was your day? You know, like, uh, <laughs> like her being able to play me some music, just like, like I do, with, you know, it's, it's, we get to hear each other, work together. We've worked together before, but we'll, you know, really hone in on doing some tunes for her record. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I really like to, to be kind of the fly on the wall or kind of just be like getting the first dose without knowing. It's not like I'm hearing it the whole way through or building the track. It's like hear a song that she wrote. Uh, that's, was, so that's really great. Like Matt's such a fucking talent. And uh, and so it was really cool to, to do that. So she's getting back in the swing of things with that. But yeah, I mean, it was really fun, man. I mean, like, you know, we when we met, it, it was just very natural, man. You know, just a very natural, comfortable thing. And uh, I didn't know John. Funny enough, because I was very tight with Steve Perry, um, and uh, and then you know I knew Neil through Dad hanging out all the time, but I never knew John. And uh, you know, when I met Maddie and John for the first time together, John, it's funny because how you were like talking about like you know the, the, like my look and how I am. It's like my dad and my mom, but like you know my. It's the same thing with my, her. <laughs> <laughs> I just started talking and he says, well, aren't you little Luke? You know, I was just like, first thing he likes it. Um, but like, so like it was a really like, you know, laughable thing. And, and, and him and I just hit it off real quick off the bat. But then, and Maddie was kind of staying in the corner 
and didn't really talk much. And this is actually at Sunset Marquee. And, uh, and then she, you know, she invited me to the show. Journey was playing with Def Leppard that night. So I was able to, uh, you know, she gave me a pass and I was like, oh man, she didn't really talk to me. You know, cause she, she hit me up on Instagram. That's how we even met. Oh wow. Right on. And, uh, obviously I was like, hello there. Follow like, like, like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, and she, it was just, I was like, well, you know, what are we, you know, she, she was pretty shy. I don't know. And, and then I ended up going there and she met, she met me in like a few minutes and uh, we were inseparable ever since, man. Now, now, I love it, man. That was I love it. Four years ago. Now we're, we're getting married, man. I, and, and we couldn't be more stoked, dude. You know I mean? I proposed two years ago. We've been engaged for two years. And the reason why we waited so long is COVID. We didn't want to have masks at our wedding, you know? Like, right. Looking, you wanted to do it right, man. You wanted to do it right. And that's, that's, we, that's great. Oh, look, we're getting married in front of surgeons, you know? It's like not really. <laughs> you know, it's just, Dude, that's, I, I, I think it's awesome. And, and again, I was telling you before we started this, just the whole, you know, yeah, you guys are on social media. You guys are, you guys are fucking adorable, man. Let's, let's just put it out there. This guy, he's, these two kids, man, they, they're, they're, they're cute, man. They're cute, you know? Uh, no, it's it's adorable, man. It's adorable watching you guys and, and seeing that, seeing it, that connection. You guys have that. It's it's great. And you can see it. It's right there in front of you. And so congratulations, man. Yeah, I mean, the cliche, Maddie and I, the cliche of when you know, you know. It, it sounds so okay, but it was so true with us you know it was true and uh, just instant no game playing no like trying to be something you're not in the beginning like, most people go on dates and like talking to themselves you know none of that man and just and, and obviously you know, growing up very similar um you know with entertainment families uh, we understood each other and, and uh, obviously there's that comfort of that yeah. uh, and not being phased by anything either. i mean you know there's no shortage of drama in entertainment families. I'll tell you that right now. I I can only imagine, man. I mean, yeah, you guys come from from very high high profile families, and uh, it's kind of like you know, it's just it, people are so every anyone else outside. It's like, oh man, like listen, we love couldn't I wouldn't change anything for the world, but you know, everyone has their problems, man, you know, and families are families and uh, every family's dysfunctional. And, you know, payment's just a different interesting like world. I don't know. It's it's a different it's it's that uh, you know, on crack a little bit, you know, not <laughs> not right, right. Not literally. But um you know, it's just it's a different kind of bitch. But there there's a lot of a lot of drama, but so anyway, like, but it's, but also we love our family, but yeah. the thing is her, what she dealt with or what I dealt with, like just growing up and also being used, man, like me as a kid, like, you know, when you have, when you think you have friends and they're trying to like get something from you, you know, Oh my God. there's that. And, uh, or like you're dating someone and they're dating you, what, for the entertainment aspect of it, you know, right. a, a bragging or whatever the fuck it can be. You never know, man. You know, especially growing up in LA, it's it's it's. Oh it's my god! More, yeah, a little more yeah. hype, you know. But um, so like there was just none of that. That was that was I think the, the, the coolest thing too. But we just vibe each other so deep, you know. And then what was really cool is that we were able to get you know facilitate help facilitate at least is our parents fucking touring for the first time. Man. Right, dude. You know? What a 
killer tour that is. And they're and they're doing it again next year, man. So that was another thing that like I mean, I remember sitting at dinner, man, Matt and I were in Vegas with John and and playing our heart radio uh, festival and um you know, just talking about how there's never been a Toto Journey tour and how those two bands that I feel like if you love Journey, you got Toto. If you love Toto, you gotta love Journey, man. Yeah, right. And how like you know, they've done all these tours with you know, Journey was always tours with the foreigner and all and like dad was going out with like Pat Benatar or like Michael McDonald or something like that. But like, dude, Toto Journey fucking insane. That's the show right there. Yeah. And it works so well. They're doing another because like and it's great because like the families unite, man, you know? And uh so yeah, I mean, it's just funny how all the universe works, man, and how things line in the weirdest way. You know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's I think one of the things that I can definitely take from this conversation you know, it, it comes across in your music. I, I certainly try to live by the same kind of creed, but just be you, man. Just yeah. be you. Be unique. It's okay to be unique. Uh, we were talking just a little bit ago about Stevie Salas being on the show, right? And the other thing that he had kind of said is like, don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to be different. Just be you. Just just do you. Just, yeah. It's, it's massive, legendary artist them man and also like or not or take music out of the equation whoever like created the guy who got created starbucks you know or like or like you know all these people that you read these stories of all these people that are like you know the top of the top like were denied countless times right you know, or writers of stranger things uh they, i think they were shopping that for a decade like that oh everybody, my god everybody and their mother turned those guys down and like you just and but it became the biggest show you know, in the world like it, it's just always those things when you keep fighting for it, fighting for what you believe in, and and you're, you're you know just be unique, be be happy to be. We're all unique. I feel we're all rock stars in our right, man. Um, and yes, that, that's you know the plumber or the fucking person that could build a fucking house or the person that could. There's, if you notice, there's always someone that is great at what people in society need like the world that keeps the world spinning yes things that you're like someone just was naturally able to do shit that like you can never fathom standing how to do but they just were like oh yeah it's easy but to them it's easy but it's like my point is like it doesn't matter what you do for a living yeah man you're a fucking rock star going right because you one there's something in your life that drives you to do that thing right fires you so that's when i know there's a higher purpose for everybody and you just have to discover it and you you know everyone keeps the world turning man. and uh you know god knows if i wasn't born in obviously a music family i don't know what i'd be doing or sure do. but like also i have siblings that don't do music like right. I, have, right. I have other siblings that have zero interest in doing music so like i'm the one that got the butt you know and luckily I worked at it and luckily like I got some talent, man. But like yeah, man. you know, I it's not for everybody. No. You no, know? It's not. And, and to be honest, it's as you know, Ken, it's fucking tough, man. Like yeah, man. you gotta have balls that weigh fucking bowling balls that you know, that kind of heavy balls to fucking like, you know, to do this because Yeah. And not just balls. I mean, I can say the boobs. You gotta have the boobs down there. <laughs> Yes, yes. It, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't want to like say guys, you know, but like I was saying, like, <laughs> like, 
to, to be in the music industry it takes a lot of courage and yeah, you have to fucking love yourself, man, because if you don't, it's just not the way to go. No, no. You're going to be told how much you suck. You're going to be told no a million times. You're going to be told, you know, it's just, it's constant. You have to innerly believe within your heart and soul that it's the only option. No plan, right. man. But like, going back to just saying, like, they're, the fact they're doctors and the fact that there's like these people that are you know, why there's actually cures or anything is because someone was crazy enough to say it can be done when yes. when everyone and their mother was saying, no, it can't be done and you're crazy and it's never going to happen. But they- I'm going to add on to that just a little bit, you know, because I know that we're running low on time here, but I will tell you that while you're talking about this and, and while you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is really the beauty of the world you have people that are rock stars at being doctors or at being a plumber or being an electrician or building houses, whatever it is that they're doing, sitting behind a desk, crunching numbers. It does, like, I mean, legit, right? And here we are making music. Yeah. All of it works together, man. It all does. All of it works together because those people, they need music too. And this is what we do, right? Yeah. And so when we get sick and we need a doctor, I'm looking for that rock star, man. Exactly. You know? And hopefully he's a fan. <laughs> right? Love it. Love it. Dude, okay. Love it. We're coming to the end here, man. And usually what I do at the end is I just kind of go rapid fire with this, all right? So okay. like no thinking, just 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 go. All right. Top three guitar players. Uh, that aren't your dad. That aren't your dad. Um I'd have to say, uh, well, David Gilmore is like the all time. Neil Sean is part of inspiration for me. Yeah. Uh, and Trevor Rabin. Wow, dude, great list. Thank you. Great man. list. Yeah, Neil is definitely in in my holy trinity. I think as well. So, yeah, I feel you. Trevor Rabin too. So. Yeah, Trevor is just ridiculous as well. Very good. I don't know who he is, man. Check him out. He's yes. Not- just uh, the big generator album just oh. alone. It's like, oh. God, stop it. You know, just that record alone. There and it is. For, for, for like the pop culture world, for people that might not be hip to Trevor, is Owner of Lonely Heart, man. One of the oh. best guitar solos recorded. Like, what an experience that Trevor did. Like, all of his guitar solos are so fucking he's such a genius of a guy he is a genius of a guy like score movies like armageddon and and, you know remember the titans and all that stuff right but um his war his guitar work is just next level man so yeah i i can listen to um level find a way probably like forever yeah i still laugh at that one lyric that i just what 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 the lyric is uh Here's my heart waiting for you. Here's my soul. I eat at Shenu. <laughs> but other than that, man, I mean, like, it only adds to, like, <laughs> it only adds to, to the song. I like, I, I, you guys could have done something probably a little different there, but but cool, okay? But you gotta love the fuck giving about it, man, you know? <laughs> Yeah, they don't. They don't give a shit. They're just like, here it is, man. Here, it, yeah. Let's see. And it's such a great song that it's like, 
that lyric is so funny, but damn it, I love this song so much, even right. with that lyric. Ah! Oh. Anyway, Trevor Raven, I love it. I love it. Top three singers of all time. Eve Perry. Yes. Oof. Uh, Graham. And, uh, man, that's God, I can't think about this. I'll, I'll got to throw early Bobby Campbell, man, one of the best. Bam. Oh, you know what? Brad, Brad, uh, oh my God, Delp. Brad Delp. Brad Delp, dude, yes. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I was like, Brad Boston singer, I think is probably one of the most underrated. God, right? But his vocal, his vocal, uh, arrangements on those Boston records are so ahead of, uh, it, it, they're timeless. They'll, they'll, they'll They'll be impressive to fucking aliens 3,000 years from now. You know? Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Top three Desert Island records. Oh, man. Okay, well, I got to go with Peter Gabriel So. Yes. Uh, oh, man. Um, got to throw in Toto 4 in there. Wow, right on. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh Oh, this is a kill me third one, man. Um, front to back records, man. You know what? I'm going to do something a little more rock and roll, I guess. Sure. But a little more modern rock. Is the first Audio Slave record. Dude, right on. Yeah. That's I feel like that. Back, every tune, bass melting, unbelievable performances. I can listen to that record at any time, front to back, uh, and be happy every time. And, and, I like and that. Want to like jump around the room and and break down a door or something, you know? <laughs> Tom Morello, a lot of love too, man. As far as talk about a guy that writes incredible riffs that have just groove and funk to them, like no one's business. Right, and then he plays a guitar solo that just defies oh. all thought. Just yeah. nobody, nobody. His his thought patterns on that instrument are just, they're alien, man. They're, yeah. That guy is out there. And it's just, I love the fact that he's afraid to be that far outside of the box. Especially when he's so relatively, if you will, if you will, in the box when it comes down to something like groove and how important that is. But the second his solos come up, it's just like, what just happened? This is crazy. Very innovative guy. And that's another, talk about a guy that, I love his story too, and he was talking about it, he was in a band and he, before Rage, and he was in this like funk, kind of funk band, kind of a hair metal funk band or something. But like, it wasn't really that. He was just kind of trying to go with times. Sure. And, uh, and, it, and you know, they got a, I think they got a record deal and they got dropped or, or a band, just, I don't know. And then he says, you know what? I, I wasn't myself in that band and I did I just kind of went along just, I'm never going to do that again I'm going to create what I want to create and so what we were talking about before obviously as soon as he says fuck it I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to be 100% me he creates a, a sound that everyone knows in the rock world yes defined the 90s of like you know innovative guitar playing and uh, and his riffs you know it's Tom Morello like that you know Absolutely. So, well, okay. Here's another one for you. If there was a band that you know, they say, "Hey, Trev, we want you to, to to be a part of this band," whether they are 
still around or not around anymore, if you were given the opportunity to be a member of any band, what would it be? Oof. I don't know, man. I feel like I'd be stepping on some toes because there's going to be some kind of guitar. <laughs> well, let's just say we're going to, you know what? This is cool, but we're going to add Trev. You know? <laughs> no stepping on toes. It's just like this would be the dream band to be in. Toto. Bam! Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I you know, I, it's so funny. There's so many times I've talked to dad and be like, doesn't he got your own thing going on, you know? I said, but if you ever were to call me and ask me to go on tour with you guys and do something, I would. I don't care if I'm selling out stadiums. I'm doing it, man. You know, like I, I just, I'll be in the, I'll be in the background in the shadows. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, let, dude. Let me be on that stage and fucking be a part of that band for like a, a blink. You know. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, you know, they're I've, I've, they're one of the bands that I would want to do that as well. You know, like seriously. In the band too, like just like the the original band. Like I'd love to be like, you know, my age or in my, you know, like in that band with Jeff and, and Jeff, yes, and with Jeff, Mike, Bobby, Steve, Bacaro, Page, Dad. That's I, I, I'd be I'd be shitting myself because Dad would do like some unbelievable shit and be like, oh, what what am I here for? But I'm just saying like. Like just to be a you know just to see that band or be a part of that band. God, right? And like you know having someone say, I got a song or I got this idea that everyone's just jamming. It's like you know you know Pop said that like Paige came in with Rosanna and the and the song that's on the record was take two of the band just kind of coming together and playing. <laughs> and the first, run, the first run through was just getting there. Like oh, I think I got my okay. The, these are the parts that I want to do, and I'm thinking the second take. Is that what's what everyone knows and like, and the jam at the end, right? Was was all improv at the end of the, like while they were recording. So there, uh, like, it wasn't like they 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 rehearsed that, and like that was literally like, finished that. Dad said, "Yeah, kind of." Jeff gave us this look, like we're going back into it. We're going to like, and then like Paige started doing the piano thing, and then Dad started ripping the guitar, and that's like what people know, you know. And that's like talk about wow. magic. magic. God, that just kills me. You guys do that. I've been like, what the fuck? Right? That, I mean, that's just a whole other kind of animal, man. That really is. I mean, hell, I, I just keep thinking about that. Yeah, even if you got a chance to, to do something like that. I mean, there's a guy like me who would be honored. Absolutely. It'd be an honor to go ahead and, and be a part of Toto. I'd be scared to death just because they are such monster, monster players where I'm just like... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, man? The vibe of them would take away the nerves. Like, what? Hang with those guys. H and Pop. And, you know, they're all, I mean, I don't know, Jeff, I, you know, Jeff was like the leader, leader of the band back yeah. in the day. You know, I, I just, I just feel like it would be, if you brought the heat, if you brought some cool shit, they would be like all over you, you know? Oh, in the damn. I feel like everyone was there cheerleader for each other at this at the same time it know? seemed like that right yeah, yeah. that's kind of what propelled the band i love that brought each other in on other sessions wanted everyone to win you know so i think that that's what that's what makes a band happen i mean i guess that's like the love of being in a band you know sadly you know i i, I didn't get that experience but like 
But you did, man. But you did in your own way with this new record, right? No, like you I, said, you just you brought in people that you love, man. Yeah. And the people that 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 you dig and that that you know, pushed you and and got you to this place to to create something like that, hell yeah, you do, yeah, you you yeah. know, you understand it, you understand well, it. You know, I'm talking about like a band name and like everyone. Like, sure, sure. It, it, it was like it was really like you know, being in a band. Question everything that like you know like if someone else brings it's like you know or you think you can go this direction. Sometimes you can't really fulfill your most your biggest potential when you're around certain people because like like you, you your your full vision can't be thought out because you gotta go through three, four other people or two other people, whatever. Right. And and even before you get to that point, oh no, I'm not really that's not really I'm not feeling that. You know, it's like there's it's just kind of it's a weird thing. And I feel that unless you're like brothers, like unless like you're 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 so tight and you're and you're and you're hanging out all the time. Um, and you love each other's company, that's how it works. And luckily as a producer, I've been able to work with bands that really love each other and really hang with each other. And I get to see that. And it's awesome. and the people that I worked with my record are my brothers and and there was that just family vibe and that's why it's so cool. Cause this is definitely not like it, it's yeah, like it's my record because you know, I produced it and I, and I wrote the songs, right? And 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 you know, but but definitely everything that was brought to the table in this record was furthest from all me. It was it was <laughs> it was a collaborative experience that I got. What I love about it too is I was able to listen to my songs as a music listener because because I was bringing people like Steve Majora in or like you know this guy Josh Paul who played in Daughtry, but he's one of the sickest bass players, right? My buddy Bryce Zoderberg from Lifehouse and, and, you know, Hector Maldonado from Train and, you know, Abe Laboreal Jr. Uh, like all these people that when I get to hear something back, I'm just laughing. I'm like, or Jake Hayden, my, my, my soul bro, like just laughing man, every time. And I got to listen to things that I wouldn't think of or, or you know, and, and be able to, or, you know, coming up, Steve coming up with these key parts and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it made the job because, like, you know, when you're like producing and writing all the song, you know, you kind of lose perspective of like what's cool, what's not cool anymore. I I like it, but like you can get too caught up. To work with with the people that I worked with on the record. They made it easy for me to actually enjoy the experience and not second guess things and really like be able to experience it like like I was just kind of not a fly on the wall. But even though it's my, it's like I got to experience like wow. And laugh like a lot of there's a lot of cackling, a lot of cackling going on during this record process, man. Of just like God, my friends are fucking cool. <laughs> yes, was, yes. Like, humbling that I felt it was constant humbling that I felt making this record, and yeah. and I, that's why I'm so excited to finally play it for people and finally get it out there because they got to feel that that feeling that I felt that that you know making it. It's yes. just how fun and how amazingly humble and incredible of an experience coming out of such a shitty experience. So it was like, what a, like, like grass is greener on the other side, man, you know, and things that seem like are like the end of the world to you for a split second is the best fucking thing ever. And it brings you, it's, it's, you become stronger to everyone watching this. Doesn't it's not just music. If you have a horrible situation, uh, someone just breaks your heart or whatever, 
if, if everyone realizes and they'll eventually notice that it's the you're so grateful for the pain in life, you know? Right. It's so crazy when you can appreciate the pain in life because there's some purpose for it for you to become a better person or a bigger person or no doubt a stronger person. And uh, this is like, you know, my diary for the last year and a half of my life is starting now. And what I love about it the most is that it's coming a week after I get married. So there's a dig it. Yes. That's starting on, on, you know, the week before this record comes. And now I get to have the first song on my record come out a week after I marry the love of my life and like a new chapter starting a family and all this stuff. It's like, there's no losing, man. No matter what, there's no losing. <laughs> Enjoy the ride, my friend. Enjoy the ride. It, it, this is, again, a great record. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. And just your enthusiasm. It, it's infectious, dude. It's infectious. I feel it. And I'm I'm right there with you. You know? Yeah, I have to talk multiple times throughout this album cycle, man. You know? Yo, wow, dude. The honor would be mine, man. No joke. I'm going to leave you with one more question. Sure. Leave you with one more question. Here it is. If there was one song you wish you wrote, what would it be? I've already mentioned it. The song I'm dancing to Maddie to. Your In eyes. your eyes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I think one of the best songs ever written of all time. I agree. I agree. Perfect. A perfectly written song. Perfectly delivered song. Perfect melody. Perfect track. Everything about that song. I'm like, I listened to it for, I probably listened to it for thousands a thousand times I don't know like it's countless times and I'm never ever once I still get the feeling that I felt when I first heard it when I listened to it every time yes you know yes. that that to me it's perfection like that's the definition of perfection I agree with you man I agree with you I love that song it's definitely right up there for me as far as my favorite songs probably ever written it might even be number one so, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 right up there, man. So, that, dude, I have enjoyed talking with you immensely, brother. Thank, Thank you for coming on the show. My, dude, my, I, my I swear we could keep on going because, like, I mean, yeah, I feel you. I feel this guy. You know, yeah. Well, bro, I'm looking forward to our next chat, man, and obviously for staying in touch. And so, yeah. thanks, thanks for for you know wanting to be a part of the help promotion of the record and dude. and. You know, I'm I'm very grateful for you taking the time as well, man, and uh, and I'm really excited for what's to come. You know. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm excited for you. And again, you know, you're gonna be a married man when uh, yeah. when this airs. So uh, you know, just just I'll, I'll tell you before, but I'll tell you now as well. Congratulations, man. Thank you, Ken. On on, on the wedding and a, a terrific just killing new record you know i've only heard that one song man and if it's anything like that yeah this is gonna be it's gonna be just good god man i'm, I'm so excited for you bro i'm yep. happy for you i'm excited for you. thank you oh uh, yeah well there you have it that's my conversation with my new friend trev lukather like i said right up at the top of the show it's so good to, to meet and to get to know people that you connect with, that you vibe with, right? He's definitely one of them. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to, to call him a new friend. So thank you to my guest this week, Trev Lukather. Everybody go check him out when he plays live and definitely go get, listen, stream, do whatever it is that you do 
with his new single, right? Killing new track. I'm also inviting you guys to check out my website, www.kenvaldez.com. Over there, you can find out more about this show. You can find out about my touring schedule because I am out on the road again. Got some new merch, all that good stuff. Plus, there's links to my social medias, and I'll tell you, I love hearing from you guys. So be in touch with me. I'll get back to you. Also, if you like this show and you want to just help out a little bit more, hey, man, there's no tears. There's no nothing. There's no limits. Go check out our brand new Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash Ken Valdez Approach. I'll tell you, every little bit helps, and it keeps this show moving forward and keeps getting guests like Trev on this show. And, man, we couldn't do it without you. I mean, hell, that's why we're doing it in the first place, right? We're doing it for you. And I think that's about it, everybody. So until next time, thank you for hanging with me. Be good to each other. Take care of one another. Bye-bye. I can't believe I'm still alive.